Costa said he's got a drip. Really <laughs> he keeps coming out. He keeps crying. Everyone, Dave and Jeff on a Sunday night. It's kind of weird because it's always this way even when you do sports radio. When the Super Bowl is over, yeah. what is the direction? And for AAF. Our, yes. AAF is the way it goes. Before it didn't exist, you waited for Jeremy Lin to have a big month of February, <laughs> yeah. and then you hope something happened, obviously, with spring training. Yeah, that was fun yesterday. Did you watch it? Okay. Uh, since you said it was fun yesterday, I can't tell if you're being a smartass or if you mean it. Well, I watched 15 minutes, okay. the first 15 minutes. So this is all I saw. I saw uh, I was at a place with my kids in Carlsbad Yeah, playing foosball, and let me start there. BK Rich sent a really nice thing today on Twitter and said, hey, I saw Jeff out playing foosball with his kids last night. I didn't want to bug him, but always cool to see dads out having fun. Dude, yeah. if any, if any, and Dave, I know this goes for you too. If any of you ever see us anywhere, I don't care. Jack and Kate are cool as shit. Oh, man, please. I love it, man. If, if you're nice enough to listen to this show, believe me. From KFM Beyond, we it's a blast to say hello and and yeah, I love it, man. Putting a, a name to a face, I'm with you. Uh, uh, I like it, and so please don't ever feel like that. You're never bug- maybe if you, you know, if you're in the middle of eating dinner, if I'm you know yeah hitting them with a belt or something, that's probably not the right time. <laughs> but uh, we were up at Draft Republic in Carlsbad, yeah, and they had it on. And the one thing that my sons and I were saying was, uh, man, those uniforms are great. Like the fleet jerseys are really cool. And then we're playing foosball. We took off. And I don't know this dude, John Schaefer. Yeah. Over at 1360. Okay, I've never met him. Dave, he is fucking dynamite. That kid is really, really. John's a board operator. He's well, a board, he, but but so and that's not a shot. What I mean is, Alan Horton was a board operator for us too. Now he's the voice of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Well, Ornberger talks too much and too fast. He needs to calm down. It's the fucking AAF. Relax, okay? It's one step above fucking Palomar College. Calm down. But but Schaefer doing play by play, and I think he did minor league baseball yeah. and then came out here and did some shit. It's on his first rodeo. No, dude, that kid was really really good. Like, I, 1360 Signal is a fucking joke. That whole station, their PD, their assistant PD, all of it. And I always say, Nick, Jason, Steve, yep. Mike, Rich, Mark. All friends of yours. Ernie. Yeah, great. But I, I, somebody, a geekster, wrote to me and said, put the game on Kogo. And I got over was there. Was the game on Coco? Yeah, game was oh, on Coco, too. I didn't Coco know that. Too. I thought it was only on 1360. I think Kev Charity told me, too, uh, which I appreciated. And so we were, you know, we were out running around playing hoops and doing everything else. So I didn't I didn't get to see a lot, but just from the 10 minutes that I saw, I liked it. I tell you what, you, when you said it was a step above Palomar, you're 100% right. That, yeah. That's where it is. Unfortunately, when you look at the level of football that's where it is. Anyone tells you anything different, they're lying to you. There's not a. I yeah. don't know if they can beat a Pac-12 team. I don't think nah. they beat an SEC West team. The the level of play was disappointing. And I understand. Hey, you're hearing the name San Diego, which we get off on in this town. Yeah. People love it, even if it's a 15 yard personal, you know, face mask or whatever penalty against San Diego. They just like to hear San Diego. I get all that. The level of play. If I'm a season ticket holder and I saw what I saw last night, and they yeah. haven't played a home game yet. 
I'm like, holy shit. I can't believe I bought season tickets without looking at the product. Well, first. I said it's time for Marts to go and bring in Mike McCoy. I put it out today. <laughs> uh, Dave, I'm going to give them. I'm going to give them a whole lot more rope. How come? Why? Because if the product is shit, the product shit. Uh, it was day one. Yeah, but what are you saying that they're going to yeah. become better athletes? No, I don't know. No, that- I think you start. I think what's going to happen is my feeling. I, at least what I think the hope is with the AAF is what the hope is with a lot of startups. Which is you get a look at what you have, and then if I'm the fleet from everything I read today, starting with Berkovici, like, dude, there's got to – I mean, remember, Josh Johnson. Now, yeah. I don't know how much better Josh Johnson well, would have been. Josh Johnson did okay for the Redskins. Right. He would have probably done a lot better. Right. So now you're stuck with Berkovici, yes. who I think it was AC or Kras. Togerson who? loved Berkovici. Togerson is the asshole. Yep. Remember that bullshit? Yes. Telling me over and over again he's going to be the backup? Yes, exactly. I was trying to think on the drive down. Who was the idiot that <laughs> loved Bergavici? It was Togerson. Of course, Rick Willis is on the goddamn beach, and Togerson yeah. still has a job. Explain that. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm going to say, look, I tried to buy season tickets. There were zero incentives. Why to do it? Um, will I bring my kids to a game? Probably not. Yeah. Probably not. But... um. But I, I'm cheering for them, man. I, I hope they do okay. I hope they I hope they cultivate out some guys that are boring. I hope they find some guys. What uh, Schaefer and Ornberger were saying last night is that Martz is excited about the wide receivers. Uh, so maybe you can maybe you can improve a quarterback. Well, look, we knew Berkovici was a stiff when he played for the Chargers. Exactly. So I don't know, Dave. Has Billy Volek got anything left in his arm? Right, <laughs> Billy Volek's like, like forty-five. Right. Where's Charlie Whitehurst? Oh my gosh! It, you know, here's the deal. Honestly, dude, I was rooting for him too. I, I taped yeah. it. I taped I the did game, too. and yeah. I was like, I'm going to watch this, and I'm rooting for it, and I miss yeah. football and everything else, and it's cool that it's San Diego and San Antonio, two cities where most people believe Mike Riley probably should, yeah. Two where people hey, believe they should <laughs> they should probably have an NFL team at some point. Yeah. And it, the, just the level of play was disappointing. And I was just like, God dang it, man. And then I was thinking about you and the season tickets, thinking I'm glad I didn't go ahead and jump in on season seats without seeing the product. Right. Now, what I say, I, I wouldn't go to a game. I can't tell you I'm not going to a game. But as of right now, I have no desire to go to a game to see that level of football. No, but I, I'm going to say give him, a, give him a chance to look today yeah. at the roster and go, God dang, we're, we're pretty thin. And start seeing if they can find a few guys to come in. Yeah, I'm not ready to throw the towel in. I know the first game out was boring. But, Dave, I remember XFL, USFL, right? What else have we gone through? Through the first couple of nights, I remember the first night the Gulls came back. When the Gulls came back a couple of years ago in the AHL, I felt like that team was boring. But also because you don't know who any of these guys are. You don't have any kind of connection with them. They might as well be from Barstow. But maybe if a guy uh, makes a couple of big plays and you start to know some names, then maybe you can get back into it. But it's like it's like page one of any book. You don't know anything about the characters, but you got to kind of ride with it. I'll ride with it. The, I'm cheering for him. The guy that should have been the quarterback here, and they didn't know Josh Johnson was going to be signed by the Redskins, mm-hmm. is the kid that's the quarterback for Birmingham, Luis Perez. He's a kid that went to Otay Ranch High School. He's uh, a kid that won the Heisman Trophy for smaller schools 
two years ago. The kid that just got cut by the Rams is their last cut. Oh, wow. But he's the guy that should have been the San Diego quarterback to say, hey. Oh, you, you that know, would have th- been cool. There's a, there's a following here. Berkovici, all people know about him was Arizona State guy that got cut by the Chargers twice. Yeah. And, uh, well, I'll tell you one thing. Uh, Berkovici was awful. And the next thing you know, Laz, who played a big part in bringing Togerson in, he retires. Yeah, how about that? And I think credit to Laz for realizing that he, he'd ridden coattails <laughs> of Al Keck for 30 years in this town. And now he goes, Jesus, I brought in Togerson. Togerson signed off on Berkovici. That, yes. They're both shit. So you know what? I'll just walk right now. <laughs> I'll walk right back across the bridge and out I go. I was going to get to Laz actually tonight. Because Laz is a guy that retires. When I first got here to San Diego in 1989, yes, I didn't know who Laz was. I was an NFL fan. I didn't. I didn't no offense to Laz. I you just didn't. I just didn't know Laz. Is, was he ever an All Pro, uh, a Pro Bowler? And, and either no, way, you know what? Uh, I've had long conversations with Hank about this. Okay, and what Hank has told me for years about Laz was Laz was very, very good at his job, and a lot of people forget Laz's main job was helping Hank up after Hank made a special teams tackle. <laughs> so you can't sit there and give me a hard time. Now, here's what I remember about Laz when I yeah. first got here. He ran a commercial. NBC ran a commercial with him. First of all, I got to tell you, it threw me off. I didn't understand the channels here. When I got here, right. I didn't understand what's this seven slash thirty nine. Right. What's this nine slash fifty one? I couldn't understand what the fuck's going on. Five sixty nine. Yeah, none of it made any sense to me. I've never yeah. seen anything like it. Anyway, Laz had a commercial. You're gonna remember it as soon as I say it. Where all of a sudden he's playing softball and he's hitting a home run. Yeah. Then he's catching a pass and then he's on a tennis court. <laughs> yeah. Then he's on a golf. Do you remember this commercial? Yeah, of course. I'm like, who is this motherfucker? I had no right. idea who Laz was, but he was an every sport kind of guy. Well, let me walk you through. Okay. First the problem with the channels so when i got here in the 80s um we got which was great and i don't know who fucked this up but we got all of the la channels so we got channel two yeah we got channel four we got ktla right we got channel 11 and channel 13 and then down here you had eight and ten yeah but it's the old dial above the main dial and so that's where 39 went. You couldn't have Channel 7 because ABC was on there. KABC, Jim Hill, Stu Nahan. And, uh, and then slowly they started dropping off. We started losing channels. And when you lost KABC, then Channel 39 grabbed that number 7 spot. They put them much in a better spot yeah. on the dial. Then we lose KTLA because they said, well, you know, they're owned by Tribune and they do the same thing. So we'll kick KTLA off of here and we'll put channel 69 over there at channel five. So it was the same thing. All these different guys. But it started because they came in. I remember when 69 started. You were probably here in town yeah, when that channel started. Same thing with KUSI. Remember when KUSI came on uh, way back in the day. Brand new channels being launched. But... Uh, same thing, Channel 9. We got KCAL for years down here on your cable. It was great. I mean, you still watch local, Yeah, but you had everything. But then they kicked uh, all those bitches at the local <laughs> channels, got their feelings hurt, and eliminated our chance to watch them. And then uh, 
And then all those uh, leeches grabbed uh, the lower number on the dial. So when you look at a guy like Laz, and I look at a guy like Laz, and Ted mm-hmm. was doing sports at KFMB, and I came from L.A. at the time where it was Fred Rogan and Jim Hill, and you, right. you knew who everyone, Ed Arnold, you knew all those guys, Stu Nahan. They were a big part of your everyday life, kind of like the movie, like the TV, excuse me, like the movie Anchorman. Right. Whereas, like, you sat down and you was an appointment watching TV to see what was going on. And it's changed dramatically, obviously, in the last 30 years. But Laz was a mainstay, main guy here in San Diego forever and a guy that you and I have become friends with. I love him, man. Love him. Just a good dude. Look, say what you want. Uh, it's my belief that that 39 pushed him out a couple of years ago. Yeah, when he was only working uh, Sunday nights. Right. And I don't know how you feel about MJ Acosta. Very nice. I don't feel like she ever connected in this town. Really nice person. It's not anything against her. Um, but Laz, as Dave said, is is... Uh, yeah, I mean, he's probably an icon in a lot of ways. I mean, he was here 30 years. I don't even know who the main sports person is on NBC right now locally. Oh, I can't tell you yeah. that either. I, I mean, MJ no took off for NFL Network. She's been gone for half a year. Yeah. I mean, do you watch? No, I don't watch. The, you know what I, I used to tape all the time because you and I also did a, you know Monday shows for sports radio were the best, especially in the morning yeah. after an NFL game. I would used to tape the football night in San Diego, and it's turned into a horrible show. Yeah. At one time, it was a really good show, and it's just too many fucking guys on the desk. I don't understand why you have so many guys. You don't guys. like Cam Cameron? No, I don't like Cam Cameron. I don't like I don't like anyone on the desk. It's a terrible desk. It's too busy. Too and busy. And now Laz is going away. Yeah, because the desk was too fucking crowded. The guy couldn't take it anymore. Couldn't breathe. Um, God, I don't know the answer to that. Yeah. I mean, is there anything where you go, I got to watch sports on local television? No, what I do is I tape. Uh, channel 8 at 5, just in case something's going on during the day. For new stuff. Yeah, Carlo okay. and Barbara Lee. Yeah. And then if something's hanging, I'll, I'll I'll watch Kyle. You know, Kyle's doing his thing, and we'll get to that too. But um, I, tape, uh, I tape Channel 8 at 5, and I probably should start taping uh, Fox 5 at 10 because Kathleen's great. And yeah. Aloha, and because every day... Like, I, I tape News 8, and every day I get up, and I'm fucking shocked that it rained. <laughs> and, like, there's a show on that tells you, hey, yes. it's going to rain tomorrow, and I'm too fucking bored to fast forward up 15 minutes. So then I go outside, and I'm like, God damn. I didn't know it was going to rain. What the hell is this shit? Yeah, if I just watched. But um, but no, that that's it. But as far as local news goes... Uh, congrats to Laz. I texted with Ted Leitner the other night. Okay. And Jim Trotter, when you were back in New York, yeah. Jim Trotter, Sean Walchef, and I went to the Padre game. Yeah. We sat up in AJ Preller's box. And at that point, we went over and visited with Ted. And we talked to Ted, and I said to Ted, How you doing? And he said, you know what? I'm suffering, man. I got glaucoma. And my vision is getting really, really challenging to do this gig. I have glaucoma. And it's been tough because we had talked about the cancer scare, how Ted was lucky enough to to come out of that clean. And he mentioned that his vision was yep. going. And he was concerned because he's in the last year of his gig. Uh, Ted has been incredibly nice to this show. Both of us. Of course. On the air, off the air. Somebody I really, really 
am lucky to consider a friend, Dave. When you talk about icons, coming here as a kid, watching Channel 8 with Mike Tuck and Ted, and then becoming friends with both of those guys was a huge payoff for all the rest of the shit that we dealt with. But out of my respect and Dave's respect for Ted, we didn't feel the need to come in the next day on the podcast and go, guess what? Ted's blind as a fucking bat. He can't see shit. Uh, so last week, Ted was speaking in La Mesa at the Democrats Club and said two things, Dave. He said, number one, that the glaucoma is there. Talked about that it's going to eventually cause him to become legally blind and also that he's got 70% hearing loss uh, from headphones. I believe that. And so I just texted him. I texted him and said, hey, look, uh, Dave and I are thinking about you. You know, you mean the world to us and uh, and just fight the good fight. To which he immediately writes back, can you imagine? He goes, can you believe Hacksaw confirmed it? Like I fucking talked to that guy. <laughs> now, so I'm laughing at that and I get in the car. I think this is Thursday night. Yeah. And I put Kaplan on. Fucking Kaplan is such an idiot. I was dying in the car. He had me laid out. Did you hear any of him on no, Thursday? No, I did not. So he goes, well, I send Ted a text, and I know apparently now he can't read it, can't see anything because he's blind. And I'm like, oh, my God, would you shut the hell up? But they obviously are very good friends as well. Kaplan's 30 minutes from 6 to 620 Talking about Ted, whether it was Thursday night or Friday night, I can't remember what Jay was. It was so, Dave, it was so goddamn funny. It was great. But um, the only reason why I hesitated yeah. to call Laz an icon is no reflection on Jim. Jim could not be a nicer guy and has had an unbelievable run in this town and should be celebrated. He's just good people. But when I go icons in this town, Ted's an icon. Yeah, absolutely and, is. And I don't know how many icons we really have. So I, it's it's no disrespect to Laz. It's just saying, you know, Ted's a different guy. And at some point, I'm going to ask Ted if he'll come down here and be here. Because I think he'd come down and hang out with us. That'd be great. And talk about the Mike Tuck days and just talk about when they were running KFMB. And, and everything that he has seen, his, his friendship with Junior. I was in Oceanside last night, took my sons by Junior's house. Did he really? Yeah, we were, because... What did you say? Well, they wanted to see the Top Gun house. Okay. The Top Gun house is getting ready to be taken out of Oceanside. They're going to redo it and, and kind of bring it back to life. It's been pretty run down. And Junior lived almost directly below... The Top Gun house. And so we've talked about Junior in the past in a lot of things. And I said to them, I said, hey, you see the, that strip of houses right down there? And they go, yeah. I said, that's where Junior Sale lived. And they said, oh, man, can we see it? And you go, yeah. So basically, you just go no from the Top Gun house. You go north about half a mile. Then you take a left and you go down the hill and you take another left and you come right up. And you go right by Sale's house. But... No, they know the whole story. I mean, they know that. They know that you and I knew him and yep. did plenty of shows with him over the years. I, I think, Dave, they just 
um, while they never saw him play, they never had the chance to meet him. They know the name. They know what the end was of the game, and it, it just makes them sad. But they, they also know uh, what Junior meant to us. Yeah, absolutely. And that he was our friend and that, you know, that whole thing that happened back in uh, goddamn 2012. Yeah, 2012, almost seven years yeah. ago. Um, so, yeah, I just I just said, yeah, that's where he lived. That's where it ended. Okay, so let's go back to Ted for a second. Uh -huh. As Ted said, that he's losing his hearing and he's losing his 70 eyesight. 70% is what he said. His hearing is about 70% gone. And you know why? And and nobody likes a know-it-all. But you and I have, what kind of headphones do you have? Uh, these are uh, these are Beats. But okay. I've switched around all the time. I've gone, for, in the years past, I've gone Sony. I've gone Bose. These, are, these just happen to be Beats. You have Beats. I have a pair of Beats that I use for travel, yeah. which are great. Uh, these right here that I use down here are a nice pair of Sonys. And Ted, when we did talk shows at KFMB, um, I've always had Sony or Bose have been it. And I think you're the same way I am. Yeah. Kaplan talked about this the other day. You do these shows. You and I, we're not in that long here. But at, on the 1360 or the 1090 days, those are four hours a day. It's yeah. 20 hours a week. Then we're throwing in weekend. Ted's doing all that. You and I were always very cognizant of what our headphone level was and, and watched it. Ted used, when I was with him at KFMB, these plastic, they look like stethoscope headphones. Yeah, that's right. And they would just go in your ear. And the sound quality on those is terrible, so you have to ride the level higher. Look, I, I'm not claiming that played a part in it but i'd be shocked if it didn't because he just never had that i remember being with him um doing talk shows i know headphones call and play by play has got better stuff but he just had those stethoscope yeah headphones that would shoot right in i say to him all the time ted those things are terrible stop using those but um but yeah we're thinking about it man it's a good man right there. All right so i'm gonna ask you if, tell me if i got this wrong because you and i haven't spoken in a couple days uh-huh did you put a tweet out saying, hey, he deserves to have this job for another 30 years? Ted? Yes. What did you say in support of him when this whole problem came yeah. out? You, you motherfucker. Why would he say that? You know Why? you don't want to play-by-play guy who can't see a guy dang thing. I, for this shitty team? No, you exactly don't. exactly what I want. No, you don't. Watching Will Myers play third? As much as you love the guy, you can't have a guy who's blind as a bat calling the fucking game. Who are you, that Cuban announcer in Tampa Bay whose wife tells him what just happened? What? Jesus. I don't even know what that means, you <laughs> racist fucker. <laughs> what like, Tampa Bay has that announcer who does the games in Spanish. He's blind as a bat. And his wife sits next to him and tells him what happened, and then he repeats it on oh, the radio. Oh, my God. I can't think of a worse fucking nightmare. Oh, my God. What's the score? Four to nine? Fuck. I fucking tell you. Oh, I can't think of anything fucking worse. Jesus Christ, the poor guy loses his vision. And now he's got to have hurt. They don't have a fucking intern? No. Somebody that could sit there and hang out? No. Dude, they can't have uh, fucking, uh, who's the kid on MLB Network? Played first base. Carlos Pena? Yeah, that fucking guy, yeah. They can't have Carlos Pena sit there talking his ear? Evan Longoria? <laughs> we got nobody? Jose Mesa? Jesus Christ, I got to listen to the ball and chain? Yeah, that's what you got. She's over there knitting. Telling you what happened. What happened? I don't know. Yeah. Just make something up. 
shit. <laughs> that guy. Well, I guarantee it won't be Ted's wife telling him. No, which that's, one? That's for damage. There you go. That's the guy right there in Tampa Bay. I can't even find his fucking name, but there's a picture of him. Oh shit. Yeah, I'm not making that shit up. Maybe Ted can have all four wives sit there and call him one. <laughs> 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 you, you do innings one through four, and then we'll start it all up again. Yeah. Look, this team isn't going to do shit. Yeah. <laughs> As my friend Leonard Ellerby would say, they're not going to do shit. We're going to get stuck with Ty France at third yeah. base. And who the fuck's going to pitch for him, huh? <laughs> who are we going to get? Tyson Ross? Is he coming back? They ain't going to get shit from Shino on this team. If Ted's blind as fuck and he wants to call the game, go ahead. How about putting him in the Padre Hall of Fame with yeah. Bob Chandler, for fuck's that'd sake? Be not, that'd be this nice. fucking team, is, <laughs> they're so arrogant and smug, and they can't do jack shit right. Yeah. They cannot do jack shit right, this fucking team. <laughs> Put Bob Chandler in the fucking Padre Hall of Fame, yeah. number one, and at the same time, put Ted in. Don't tell me about the fucking chicken, for Christ's sake. He hightailed it out of here. He should go in that. Who's that guy that fries everything up at the fair? Charlie. Yeah. Chicken Charlie? Yeah. He should put him in Chicken Charlie's Hall of Fame. Chicken Charlie. I saw Ted in Chicago. Ted Giannolis. Yeah, you did. Like two years ago. Yeah. God damn. He was so... Do we have any arch supports in those feet? He looked like a beat. <laughs> hey, no shit. The guy's walking around as a barefooted chicken. It's all dirty. Yeah. Poor Ted. I love Teddy G. Everybody <laughs> does. Everyone always says that. The guy literally took off. He said, fuck it. I can make more money touring the country. He was right. KGB yeah. doesn't pay shit. <laughs> Talk to Clint August. Fucking guy hasn't had raise in 28 years. Clint's like, hey, excuse me. I swear to God, Clint. If you say one fucking thing about the money you're making, <laughs> we'll give that fucking job to Gunner. See you later. You want to hear McInnes again? I'll fucking put McInnes in your shift in a second. Get the fuck out of here, Clint. Take your motorcycle coffee bullshit and get walking. And Teddy G saw that shit and said, fuck you, I'm out. Yeah. I love Giannolis. Everyone always says that about the guy. Teddy Giannolis? Yes. How long do you think he's been the chicken? Oh, I know. It's got to be 40 years. Or yeah. no. Uh, yeah, more than, 40 more than years. 40 years. Yeah, more than 40 fucking years. Well, the Holy Roller 1974. was. 1974. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then he was on the baseball bunch. He was great. Yeah. I saw you talking shit about me like <laughs> the chicken the other day. You do love that chicken. <laughs> Denny Giannolis, man. He gave us. He's a good egg. Do you think the chicken gets laid? Ah, it's good writing. Yeah, no. I said good egg. I felt good about good egg. And then you asked, does he get laid? He probably pulled a few chicks. Yeah. He, dude, I was wondering, if you're like if you're in a rock band and you're touring as much as he is, you're yeah. getting laid in those hotels, motels, whatever the hell he's staying. Or, yeah, what's yeah. he doing? Yeah. What That's do you what, think that chicken head stinks yeah. like shit? He smells like hell. <laughs> like feed? Because it's 45 years of bad chicken breath in there. Yeah. Oh. Smells bad. <laughs> It's like, yeah, I'm reading Nick's line about him today, about the chicken and crying foul, and I'm like, oh, why do I buy this fucking paper? <laughs> God, I get so mad every Sunday when I read that stupid column. Damn it. Nick ripped me today on Twitter. Did he really? And then, uh, What yeah. did he get upset with you for? 
Um, because I ripped Costa. It yeah. goes back to yesterday with the AAF. And I told Costa, this station sucks. 1360 sucks. Nice effort, Costa. To which Costa today, which is real funny, Costa has coattailed us hating Kraska. So now he's going to coattail us liking <laughs> Kraska. Being our puppet. So Costa writes today, hey, best of luck to Kyle Kraska with the blood drive on Wednesday. I hope Jeff's there so I can get some of his blood with a sledgehammer, which I like. And then Nick wrote on Twitter, uh, best of luck to Kraska. Regarding Dotseth, you have to have blood to give blood. (laughs) And then uh, that fucker Carlo Cicchetto Retweeted it. Did he really? He wished yeah. he wished me to be on the receiving end of a sledgehammer <laughs> blow. <laughs> I, I love that shit. Just so you don't mess up the the date. Am I wrong in this? I thought it was on Thursday. Valentine's Day, okay, whatever day. Valentine's. Oh, okay. Thursday. Yeah, when yeah. you said Wednesday, you threw me well, off. Well, it sold second. out. So you, and you lazy bastards and weren't nice. I mean, the fucking guy took six slugs in the chest. <laughs> Sorry that it requested. Uh, Two fucking uh, right clicks to get you signed up, but a lot of our neighbors signed up and they filled the slot, so he's good. <laughs> Look at you. All angry. It's sold out. That's a good thing. It's a good thing. I texted Kyle today. Yeah. It was crazy. I texted him. I said, hey, man, I hope you're doing all right. I know it's a tough day. I texted him at 3.15. He goes, holy shit, I'm just getting ready to go on the drive right now. I said, well, fucking keep your head down. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What? Okay, let me ask, if you're in his situation, and the, yes. show, the show is up everywhere now. Not only is it on Patreon, we put it up again this weekend, so okay, you, you, can, you can catch it anywhere. If you're him, do you do the same thing? Do you go through that drive? I don't think I go through that drive ever again. Um, Yeah, I get, I, I get I don't know, Dave, that I would personally, but I got what he was saying. Yeah. It, it reminds him. It, yeah, I just think it brings him a little clarity. From from the way he talked about it, why he did it, and you know, Dave, what he's doing is going down to see the first responders that yeah. put him back together. Really, is is the payoff at the end? Um, man, that that was that Kyle's interview and Laura Kane's interview. Yeah. Um, really, the response has been great, and I've been thrilled with that for both of them because it wasn't easy for either one of them to come in and tell those stories, and I'm as you are very thankful to both of them. And, and I think they both were pretty fired up by the responses. They should be. It was, it was great. Both of those stories, man, were fantastic. Uh, last time we spoke, we were talking about the NBA trade day, deadline was coming mm-hmm. up. Obviously, Anthony, Anthony, Anthony Davis is not a member of the LA Lakers. Magic had a fly to Philadelphia, talked to everyone on the team. A couple things on this whole deal. I don't think mm-hmm. we're surprised Anthony Davis isn't with the Lakers. But are you surprised that guys who are professional athletes, even though they're young guys, can't understand the business part of it? I mean, you and I have been around this business ourselves for a long time. We've seen a lot of stuff and heard from guys at the top on how people handle it. Some don't handle it well. Bochi has told us a bunch of stories. Kevin Towers used to tell us a bunch of stories. Are you surprised that even in the NBA, where guys are making millions upon millions of dollars, that they can't get over it when their name's involved in trade talks? Yeah, I think it, I think it's uh, the way society works with these guys, is that you're told constantly you're number one. And then when your dad, in this case, Magic Johnson, says, yeah, we're going to move you. And we're going to move him and him and that other dickhead. Yeah. We're going to get all you fucks out of here because we're going to get the brow. 
Uh, yeah, I, I bet it's a bit of a, but I, I think Dave, the bigger concern probably isn't, um, Kuzma to magic ball to magic. I yeah. think the bigger concern on that team is how do they view LeBron? Because they probably view LeBron like, Hey, fuck you. Yeah. That's what I think is going on right now. Right. It's all going back to LeBron. Right. And, and I think that's how you should view it is that look for me. I think the Pelicans completely fucked up. Didn't Kuzma have like 24 in the first quarter yeah, today? Yeah, insane. I think he finished with over 40 today. Right. Yeah. I mean, all right, if you think you're going to get a better offer from Boston, to me, David, I'm not a Laker fan, but when you're looking at that deal and you were going to get Ingram, you were going to get Ball, you were going to get Kuzma and get a couple of number ones, Yep. plus the Lakers were giving you a salary cap relief, Pretty good fucking deal. It's not going to be any better. The Knicks are the only other team that he's really serious about going to, and the Knicks have nothing to offer back. So you, you can't do anything there. Yeah, it was very strange. What I didn't understand about so many things this week were, were very weird with this mm-hmm. is Del Demps, who's the GM of the Pelicans. Well, everyone's saying he's fired this summer. He should be. So, well, he did what he was told to do. But well, they said what I saw from uh, Wojnarowski was that he had ownership approval to make the best deal. He was signed off if he found a deal, according to Wojnarowski and others. I trust him, yes. Yeah, that he had the authority to make the deal. Dave, I'm sorry. I'm making that fucking deal. Not only are you making the deal, then, if that's the case, not only are you making the deal, you have to sit there and go, okay, well, what is my future in this league? Because right. you did, you couldn't have been more unprofessional as far as leaking right. every little bit of the conversation and back to the media. not returning calls? Not returning calls and not making a trade. And sitting there and trying to destroy one franchise for the another. So you're going to basically say, I'm not going to make the Lakers any better, but you aren't going to have a job after yeah. the summer ever in yeah. the NBA. No one's ever going to hire you again because you showed how unprofessional you are. And then you act like a child by asking for four ones yeah. and four twos? Yeah, I mean, you I mean, ask for eight draft picks. Yeah, exactly. Get the fuck out of here. It's right. It was ridiculous. Uh, Josh Hart wouldn't have held up that deal. No. So you probably could have gotten, I mean, you probably could have gone Kuzma, Ball, Hart, Ingram, and a couple of number yes. ones. And salary cap relief and yeah. the whole deal. And get you got rid of a guy that doesn't want to be there. Right. And you go, okay, well, we're going to move forward. Yep. We're going to move forward because we feel like we have cornerstone pieces. If you're Alvin Gentry, you're like, what? Uh, what? Dell? <laughs> Del, do you have a minute? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, great. Great. Thanks, Del. You really fucking showed him. Yeah. And you're not going to win because, you know, Magic has the ear of every media guy. Every media guy, the commissioner, everybody. Right. They're all going to listen to Magic. You understand what he did for It's really, really strange. Yeah. Go drive South Central LA. You know what's never fucking graffitied? Magic Johnson's TJI Fridays. You're right. Can't even find a fucking Fridays anymore. (laughs) But the ones in South Central are fucking rolling. You know why? Because Magic owns it. You blew it, Dell. You blew it. (laughs) You dick. It was very, very strange. I've never seen seen anything like it. The other thing I was going to ask you about is here we are, and pitchers and catchers are getting ready to go. This week. And the, the two main guys still don't have a team. And you hear the stories about Machado and Harper. They're still holding out for $300-plus dollars, And you go going, hey, no one will say it's collusion. But guess what? Major yeah. League teams aren't going that direction no anymore. None of those teams are. No one's offering the 10 years, $350 million deals they thought they were getting, or $400 million in Harper's case. And so you sit there and go, okay, th- then what is the future for 
Major League Baseball, which, to be honest with you, I think is, is really smart all the way around. I understand the yeah. Red Sox won the World Series, and they're the team that went over the cap last year, and they'll say it was worth it. But guess what? They didn't do it again this year. And it's more and more as far as that cap goes and the way things are going, that baseball is changing. And maybe it, it benefits the fans in the long run when you look at ticket prices and apparel and everything else about going to a ball game. But Major League Baseball has some serious questions right now on how appealing is this game to the younger fans because most people will tell you the game drags. Well, I blame the agent and I blame the player because there's no doubt in my mind that the Phillies were all in on Harper and you probably could have had the Phillies bidding against themselves yeah. a little bit like the Lakers were doing for Anthony Davis until they caught themselves. And having spent a week there when it was all going on, I know for a fact that the White Sox were all in on Machado. And they probably would have bid against themselves, and you probably could have found a number. So while the agent and the player and the union are playing it off like all these teams are shrugging, you had two teams that were in. And by the way, fuck Harper again. Because he walked away from a $300 million deal from the Nationals offered in August. So, uh, to me, he overplayed his hand. Yeah. Now, if he gets $350 million, great. But I also look at the trickle-down effect that it's had on a bunch of guys in your same union. By, and you go, oh, well, who gives a fuck? Fuck Mike Moustakis, right? Fuck Craig Kimbrell. Fuck all these guys. Well, I think it sucks. And, and if I'm Boris... And I'm sitting there and I'm controlling one guy that's having an effect on my other guys, whether it's Keichel or Geo, Mustakis and the others. I I hate it. I really do. I think it's bad. And you're seeing other players say it, but I but you know, everybody blames the owners. Bullshit. Like I had a guy on the other night trying to think of who it was. It was it was really pretty good. And I'm, I'm trying to think of where the interview was. And goddamn, I'd give credit if I could. I can't remember where I heard it. Doesn't matter. The point being made was Albert Poolholds blew it by taking the Angels deal. The 10-year deal. Uh-huh. Yep. Because in all things being equal, if you talk to him, Albert probably should have taken whatever money was being offered by the Cardinals and just stayed there and had that chance to be Cal Ripken and Tony Gwynn and play his entire career with one team. And it's hard to argue um, that that's wrong. If that's the case, don't you think Pulse's career would already be over? I mean, he's to the point where he can't play defense anyway. I mean, he's yeah. the oldest-looking guy in his 30s you've ever seen. Right. I mean, he looks 44. Yeah. But, but it's just, you know, you're hearing about Ellsbury for Johnny Cueto being talked about. That's My crazy, bad deal for your bad deal. And now all of a sudden you're hearing that that the Giants may be in. I think, Dave, I don't know. Like, let's see what the numbers are. But maybe these teams are just jumping in thinking that I can get you for for five years at 120. Every team right now, I think right now, is, is doing what the Padres did. I don't think anyone, in all honesty, as, many, as much as we'd like to have seen Harper here in San Diego, mm -hmm. thought when it's all said and done, he's wearing a Padre uniform. But you had to sit there and do your due diligence, knock on the door right. and say, will you accept this offer? This is the number we have. Do you have a number that's better than this? You're crazy not to make the phone call. Could you get them uh, right now? Go get them both. Well... They probably wouldn't do it. Could you get Machado for four at a hundred? No, I don't think you can. Twenty-five million a year, four-year deal. No, I think he's still looking in his mind. I think he's still looking twenty-seven to thirty million dollars. Man, Yankees apparently are going to come back in and jump back in now. It, the Yankees played it pretty smart. Doesn't Cashman mm -hmm. always seem to play this thing smarter Amazing. than you'd expect? Amazing. 
Yeah, amazing. And the Yankees do need help defensively. You know, for me, Dave, and and this is the thing. I think in January, if the pods would have went out and signed Moustakis, yeah, then I think a lot of us would have been excited because you're getting a legit 25 home run, not yeah. a bad glove, third baseman, that can come up here and be here for a couple of years. And all of a sudden you go Moustakis and Hosmer, Urias, and eventually Tatis. You go, yeah, you're feeling pretty good about that, right? But now I have a feeling like everybody has gotten their hopes up on Machado, Ken Rosenthal coming out the other day saying how aggressive they are in pursuing him. That if you go and get Mistakas, um, like there may be a sense of, uh, you know, anticlimactic, which I don't think it should be. No, I, I, I like uh, Mistakas. Yeah. I, honestly, I don't think that's a, that's a bad signing. You got a big left-handed bat. He had a much better year than Hosmer had last year. He had 28 home runs at 251, even higher batting average. I, yeah. I don't mind, uh, and he's not known as a bad guy to have in the clubhouse. Uh, Rio Muto goes the other day for yeah. Philadelphia. I thought somebody, again, I would give credit if um, if I know who had it, but I saw something that said the players that the Phillies gave up would be the equivalent of San Diego move, Paddock, and yeah. Hedges uh, for two years of uh, Real Muto. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't have done that deal. No, and you, you like Paddock. You've said it for years, how, what a big Paddock fan you are. Yeah. At my point, when you're looking at that trade, you're looking at Paddock more than you're, you're looking at Hedges. I'm just, sure. I'm done with Hedges. It's the Real Muto deal, I, I completely changed my mind a week ago. I said it on last week's show that mm -hmm. when you realize that he, he's maybe the 80th the best catcher as far as baseball yeah. players go. You go, well, shit, man, the pitching staff's everything nowadays. If you have yeah. a guy that's not good behind the plate, we all know how bad that's going to hurt you. Otherwise, I was just looking at his offensive numbers and was a huge fan. He was a Silver Slugger award winner. And when you realize that he's terrible defensively, maybe he's not the right guy for the Padres or any team that, that I like. Remember, if you play fantasy baseball, Carlos Ruiz a couple years ago, catching yeah. for the Phillies, was always a guy you could steal in the late rounds. Yep. He would always hit about 250, 260, but he'd hit you 18 to 22 bombs, and he was a pretty good late steal. Man, real Muto going into that park, for me, Dave, again, if you play fantasy baseball, that's a guy that I, I don't know where he comes off yeah. the board. He'll probably come off the board because there's been a lot of buzz about him, but shit, that dude, he should hit. 24 to 28 there, right? Oh, Assuming he stays healthy. Yeah, without a doubt. Especially if he stays healthy, why wouldn't you? It, it looks back when you say the Phillies and the talk that they were all in Machado. Now that mm -hmm. you have Rio Harper. Muto, well, Machado was the guy originally because oh, true, the guy yeah. that, that when Machado was signed by the Orioles, all those guys now work for the Phillies. Oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. So there was that connection there. But now when you look at all these right-handed bats between Hoskins and, and Rio mm -hmm. Muto and Franco, all these guys that they have, it makes sense that Harper would be the guy they go out and chase now. You get the big left-handed bat in there. Something going on. But, I mean, deals have been there. There were teams, just because the Red Sox shied away, the Yankees shied away originally, the Dodgers did as well. I mean, this this idea, I, Barry Bloom wrote a thing today on Twitter talking about Tim Raines in 87. Yeah. And I absolutely remember when that all went down. Tim Raines wanted to come to San Diego. The feeling was that, right? that the Padres would have him here. They never made a fucking move on him. Never wow. made a move. Tim Raines was ready to go. And that's when baseball got busted for collusion. And for me, I, I think you'd have a very difficult time saying that you've had any kind of collusion this offseason. But what's pathetic 
is when you look up and you realize that for a team that won 66 games last year, 66 games as you get ready for them to go to Peoria, your two offseason moves are 47-year-old Ian Kinsler and Garrett Richards, who's not expected to yeah, pitch all year. Exactly. It's a fucking joke, man. And this town continues to accept it because they tickle your ass and tell you, hey, we're going brown in 2020. But that's what they've done to improve a team that won 66 fucking games. They were this close to being a 100-loss team. They signed Ian Kinsler, and you sign a guy that's not going to is not expected to throw one fucking pitch until September. But everybody jumps up and down because they're going brown next year. What the fuck? <laughs> Holy shit. Holy shit, man. That, that, their whole business operation should be fucking embarrassed. And I couldn't give less of a fuck if you work in that building and you hear this you and know your it. feelings are upset. You should be fucking embarrassed. If we did our job, well, we own the show. Yeah, but, there you go. Yeah, yeah, it's a fucking joke. The promotional schedule is a fucking joke. The whole thing's a fucking joke. It's just, yeah, it's really, really bad. And right. they should be embarrassed by the way they're doing it. Right, Shuggy? <laughs> Shuggy's out here lighting this room up, killing my sinuses. Pretty girl. Right, ass. <laughs> no time for you. No time. All right, so here are the two things I'm telling you for you to look forward to in 2019. For the pots? For the pots. I but I did buy tickets the other day. For what game? I'm going to opening day. Are you going opening day? I'm going opening day, and I'm taking my kids uh, and their mom for beach talent night. Okay, so you bought you bought opening day, and you bought another night. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what? Did, just curious. What did tickets run you? Uh, I'm not like I think my company is buying opening day. Oh, you son of a bitch! Which is cheap great. bastard. But I paid, I got really cool seats. We're down the first base side looking at the scoreboard. I think I paid, by the time it was all done for Beach Town Night, I think I got out of there for four tickets for about 90 bucks. Okay. How high up are you? Um, We're like front row of the, not Toyota Terrace, but like right, right above that. But like front row. So looking right there, whatever that is. Like that lower, like right, like I guess it's the top. But it's the lower part of the top. You well, know what I mean? The front row. Yeah, I understand what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, like, um, yeah, they were cool. Like, they give you, at least the thing I like is when you buy tickets, they give you, like, what the view is from their seat. Who do they play on Beach Towel Night? Oh, shit. I got to think about that. I think oh, that, I feel like the Nationals. Is that right? Yeah, I think it's the Nationals. There you go. And yeah. You point to your kids and talk about Trey Turner and say what could have been. Yeah, Trey Turner. Yeah, when Gio Gonzalez comes out pitching for the pods <laughs> with his 7.73 ERA. And the game lasts seven and a half hours because Gio yeah. takes forever to walk around the back of that mound. Yeah. If you're the pods, do you talk to Kimbrell at all? That's funny you say that. They say they're they're high on Yates. Why waste your time with Kimbrell? This team's not doing jack shit. Why even waste your time? Yeah. Seriously. I, okay, so here are the two things you're going to look forward to in 2019. All right. You especially. Okay, I'm speaking just to you, not to a miserable Padre fan. <laughs> miserable Padre fan is fucking Randy Quaid right now in Major League Baseball too. Just miserable as fuck in the outfield. Yeah. That's, where, that's where he's at right now. Him. That's it. There's about 10 of these fucking guys that are just, I feel so bad for them, but they're so great. It, my boy Meaty's having a fucking meltdown every day. Poor Mickey Coke. Some fucking guys. Dude, I like Mickey Coke. I, do I don't know why everybody has like such a fucking hard on for him. I like the guy. And, uh, He's always been cool. 
dude, like somebody wrote the other fucking day, honestly, to Mick. Uh, I've never met him. I don't know. But, he, dude, somebody write, I'd murder you and nobody'd show up at your funeral? Like, what the fuck runs through your mind to say something like that to anybody? Like, holy shit. Because saying I'd murder you wasn't bad enough. So you got to hit him with the nobody would show up? Well, I'll tell you right now, I'm going. <laughs> I don't know that I'd be invited, but you and I will go. And you know what we'll do? Uh, Leisure Fryer. I'm going to bring Leisure Fryer there. And yes. what's the song... That Will Ferrell sings at the Catalina uh, wine deal. The the, the Andrew Bocelli song? Yeah. Yeah. And- Andre. Andre Bocelli. Yeah. Fucking Leisure will sing that. <laughs> but, dude, uh, I think it was Gavin's birthday, yeah. Geekster, Maggie, uh, our, like all of them. Like that whole family, man. Would, like- you do a, would you do a listener, let's go to a Padre game night? Oh my God! How, yeah, I'm not buying tickets, oh. but yeah. <laughs> what do you mean you are buying tickets? Well, why the fuck would I buy everybody tickets? No, Who the fuck am you're I? not buying everybody tickets, but say let's it. Let's go as a group. We take a group of Dave and Jeff listeners, a bunch in of Padre fans, and we all go in a fucking minute. I would do that. I mean, oh, it'd be great. I would do it. We got to tell Leisure five weeks ahead of time so we can figure out his right. bus schedule. Right, so he can get a fucking room at the hostel down there. You <laughs> can room with a bunch of fucking college dudes from Norway. Yeah. Never fucking see him at the game. I, I would do it. He'll just send fucking carrier pigeons. Start without me. <laughs> uh, all right, let's see who would be in. Uh, go ahead. Geekster's in. Of course. Geekster's lovely wife is in. Gavin's in. Maggie's in. Uh, Drunk Flan. Yeah. Uh, Miserable Padre fan is absolutely. definitely in. He's in. Uh, fuck, who else? Uh, JoJo. Well, JoJo couldn't come up. No. Um. Yeah. Fuck. My boy, uh, BK Bernie Wilson Rich. would easily would call in sick that night and hang out with us. Yeah, Bernie BK Wilson Rich. Would it. Yes. Yeah. Oh, you, yeah. Who else am I? Jim Bettencourt. Yes. There's another one. He'd be there. Uh, Derek Snyder. Yep. Brian Curry. Would be good. All of our all of our guys. Fuck yeah, let's just go. That's funny as hell. Let's just go. Yeah, it'd be great. And you know what we'll do? <laughs> I'm going to say, because you maniacs would do. HJ's going to be there. Okay. Is he your boy you bring a Mickey Coke? Oh, shit. Yeah. Dude, why not? He's fucking... Yeah. I don't want to hate crime going on. You guys scare me now. I know. God Jesus. damn, we're on the same team. We're all cheer for the same shitty team. Yeah, bring this together. All, all right, hell. here are the two things you're going to look forward to. All right, let me You hear. know I'm right, too. I know the first one, but go What's ahead. What's the first one? What do you think? Uh, Tatis. Tatis is your first one. Yeah. Second one's going to be Paddock. Paddock needs to come up this year. I don't yeah. know why the fuck they're walking him through. And they're taking it slow. Here's the deal. It's still 60 feet, 6 inches. No matter what level he pitches at. The guy has a higher percentage of throwing strikes more than anybody else. Unbelievable. Bring him up. What are we waiting for? Everybody yeah. wants to see the guy. He's ready to go right now. He has dominated at every single level. It's time to bring him up. Yeah. All you dipshits that call Dave bitching about when they traded Fernando Rodney for that trade. Remember that? <laughs> yes, I was in of course. Monterey. Of course. I was in Monterey. And uh, I said to Dave, I go, dude, look at the fucking numbers on this kid, man. It's unbelievable. Yeah, and his dad. Yeah. I'll, his dad sends me messages on social media all the time. Yeah, I think that's good. I think uh, I think full year of Urias will be good. Um, who wrote? Uh, again, there have been so much fun shit recently. People want to see uh, Fran Mill, Reyes, Franchi Cordero, and Bryce Harper in the outfield. Imagine that. Well, what about Will Myers? What just happened? Fucking Will Myers. 
<laughs> fucking Will Myers. I love how yeah. all the talk that there could be a DH in a couple of years in the National League, and everyone's saying, "Man, the Padres are in really good shape." He goes, <laughs> "He goes, fucking." We have Naylor, and we have Reyes, and we. Have, I'm like, "Yeah, are you guys out of your fucking mind?" This team won 66 right. games. Jeff just told you. Right. Can you hear him? 66 games. Everybody it, has a guy that can hit the ball. What the fuck are you guys talking about? You know, I want to see. I didn't pay much attention to him last year. There was everything going on, and he came kind of at the end, and I didn't watch a lot of him. I really want to fucking watch Mejia this year, too. Okay. Like, I really want to see, because, like, you, like I've read a lot of scouting reports on him recently. Cannon of an arm. Yep. And But terrible at framing pitches yes, and terrible. all this other shit. Don't we have anybody, right? Where the fuck's Terry Kennedy? Don't have anybody who can fucking work with this guy. Don't you think people have worked with him? Does it matter that he he's lazy? Doesn't want to put the time in? It seems well, like cause it would be the e- it would be the easiest part of your game to fix. First of all, yeah. you, you, either you're born with arm or you you have it or you don't. Yeah. Either you can hit or you can't. But to sit yeah. there and say framing pitches, it seems like it's something you could work with somebody. That's what I'm asking. Yeah. Like, like that kid. But don't you think the Indians did the same thing? They brought in somebody. They say, look, this guy's too good of a bat. Spanky Lavalle. We, we got to fix this shit. Who'd they bring in? They brought in that old guy from the movie Major League. <laughs> Tom Berenger? Tom Berenger. That's what no- I think of. Steve Yeager. I, what, what can I tell you? I have no idea, but you have to think the Indians did everything they could, too. And then gave up on him. And then gave up on him and said, this guy can't Look, fucking do it. Look, he went from... The weird thing is that Mejia went from a top 10 prospect to a top 30 prospect. Yeah. Right? Like something... And I don't know. I mean, you, you tell me. Ask Baseball America why that happened. But if that kid fucking hits yeah. like he's supposed to, now all of a sudden you go, God damn, Dave, with with Reyes and Renfro and you hope Hosmer comes back eventually to tease, right? You put Mustakas in that lineup. Man, all of a sudden now you go, fuck, we got four or five legit 20 home run guys yep. in there. Pretty good. Um, but I just, I don't know. Cordero, right? Cordero's the guy who gets the shit out of the ball, too. So, I mean, you might have outfield. Like, you may have three outfielders where you go, yeah. And, and even with that Dink Myers, who loves hitting a solo home run when it's fucking 6 nothing, and then he hits a solo home run, it's like, yeah, hey, that's his 15th home run of the year. One of them meant something. Because <laughs> the other 13 were, weren't shit. Yeah, it's pitching with the lead. We're just going to groove it to get the game over. Yeah. Uh, new rumor says White Sox offered Manny Machado $250 million. Other rumor that we just saw from MLB.com is that the Giants want to do a short-term deal with Harper. Well, good luck with that. Uh, we'll be back here Tuesday night. Are either one of those guys signed by Tuesday? I say no. Neither one of them are signed by Tuesday. They're way off. I mean, just yesterday it comes out that these guys are looking for more than $300 million. Fuck. All right, right now as you're sitting here, uh, where do you feel like Harper goes? I think Harper goes to the Phillies. Hmm. I think Harper goes to the Giants. Going to the Giants. Okay. Yeah. I think, um, Harper I, goes to the Phillies, and I'm going uh, Machado ends up with the Yankees. It's really funny. Yeah. I was going to say the same thing. Yeah, yeah. That's where he wants to be. Yeah, he does. He wants to be in a big market. Yeah. But, he wants to be on that team. Yeah. And I don't blame him. That's where I'd want to be if I was him, too. Yeah. I wouldn't want to go to the White Sox. I don't want to be no. with Yon Mankata. You know? <laughs> that guy was the shit. That guy was the yeah. shit, you know, four or five years ago. Yeah, he was it. But, yeah. And then uh, the, where's Moustakas go? I say Moustakas is a Padre. 
I think he goes and, to Milwaukee. Do you really? And I'm 100% fine if he's a, if he's a Padre. Yeah, I think he goes to Milwaukee. Who's playing uh, second base? Is for uh, Shaw, San Diego? Sh- no, no, for Milwaukee. Is Shaw going back to second? Mm. Because that was the the deal. You had Shaw and you had Mustakis. Remember, they, they had two second yeah. basemen. You had, they had two third basemen. Threw everybody off. They yeah, couldn't figure weird. out what the fuck they were doing. Yeah, I'm not sure on that. I don't know how they set that up. Mustakis goes to the Brewers. Padres signed Junior Spivey. No. You know who they'll sign? <laughs> I'll tell you right now. Uh, Jan Hervis Solarte. <laughs> would it surprise you. me? That would not surprise me. Yeah, Jan Hervis Solarte comes Great. back. And everybody's going to be excited because he was a good guy and went through a bad time. Right. Fuck. Right. Yeah, we'll have, we better put our fucking order in for that Dave and Jeff night <laughs> so we can only get 400 yeah. fucking tickets together. Yeah. Because it'll be any night other than opening night, we'll have the fucking run of the place. Yeah. Probably let Geekster run the bases afterwards, too. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I was trying we'll to. We'll go in the Padres' face like the. Take on the Marlins, where it's guaranteed foul ball night. If you go to show up to the ballpark, you're guaranteed to get in a foul ball somewhere. Yeah. We should almost. Hopefully, Fran Mill Reyes won't kill you. Jesus Christ. God. What? <laughs> what do you mean? Hit that line drive, hit that poor old lady at Dodger Stadium and killed her. Why did they wait so long to announce that? To tell that, that story. I think Major League Baseball didn't want that story out, neither did the Dodgers. God damn it. Terrible. Yeah. Okay, if you're Fran Mill Reyes, does that affect you? Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> I just shrugged my shoulders at you. I'm like, it's going to happen. It says it on the back of the ticket. Don't try and start any funny stuff. Here's a warning. You might get killed. Yeah. We've told yeah. you about those fucking nets forever. Yeah, she was up high, though. Yeah. She was in the loge level at uh, at Dodger Stadium. I'm telling you, Dave, that's why. Like, you go, where are you sitting? Like, it, it really is a reason why I look for seats where I do for my kids. Because my kids are fucking maniacs. They have no attention span. Anybody look down for a second, you just don't have fucking yeah. time to react. And and these guys, man, the ball just jumps off. And you look at tickets down there, the pods are out of their fucking mind charging. It's 58 bucks a ticket. Yeah. Bullshit. Not that fucking interest in watching Ian Kinsler. So we'll go up, we'll hang out, we'll face the big board, and uh, and hopefully you know, we'll start seeing some guys. And, and off you go. But David, just, man, as a parent, you just go, fuck, I, I can't take any chances. So, yeah, go sit up high. It's fun. All right. Before, uh, when we get out, after we read these spots right here, I'm going to ask you another, is there something that you hate that everyone else likes? Oh, yeah, I like this okay. a lot. I, I've been thinking about it for about a week, different Steve things that always jump, <laughs> jump into my head nonstop. All right, I want to mention uh, Brian Curry. Brian Curry selling real estate all over San Diego County for more than 20 years. He wins a lot of awards because he's really good at his job. If you're in the market for a new house, if you're thinking about downsizing or getting the house of your dreams, make sure you give Brian Curry a call. He's your guy who can put you in the perfect neighborhood. He's very familiar with all of San Diego County. That number is 619-251-1588, 619-251-1588. I mentioned it last week, and I do sincerely want to thank everybody who reached out Finally went to court on Wednesday. Went in, see my attorney. My attorney's like, hey, they're like ready to settle. You ready to settle? I go, yeah. So it stretches everything out. Basically, what ha- it's like arbitration. We submit our offer. They counter it. I mean, I went to lunch with my ex-wife before going in there. We hung out and had lunch, walked in together, walked out together. That's how it works. But now you start looking at it and you go, god damn, man. You start thinking about how different things are going to work and 
Here's the other thing that I would say to any of you, which I didn't even know until Thursday night. Dave, do you know renting an apartment right now in San Diego has gotten so incredibly expensive? I mean, the rents are obnoxious for a lot of parts of San Diego where they should charge you about 300 a fucking month. Looking at you, City Heights. (laughs) But now when they have... You know, rents that are a thousand or fifteen hundred. What I was said the other, what I was told the other day is when they do the background check or the credit check, they want to make sure if that rent's fifteen hundred that you have five grand in the bank. Yeah, cash ready to go, five grand to cover your rent, and if you don't, you're denied. Well, my point is, if you've got five grand in the bank, uh, then it's time to call Brian Curry. I mean, it really is. It's time to call Brian Curry and say, hey, look. I know five grand's probably not good enough for a down payment, but what if I can get to 10? And what if I can do these kind of things? Uh, man, when you hear that, you go, why the fuck would I bother renting, right? Why would I bother renting when you can own and have that satisfaction of being a property owner? I just, these fucking landlords are out of control. And the smarter thing to do is, is talk to Brian and say, look, can I own or should I rent? And I, I'll tell you the other thing, too. This is the thing that keeps coming back is that these people have homes on the market that's a $400,000 home, and they're asking 800000 and they can't figure out why the house won't sell. That's the other great thing about working with Brian. He's going to tell you, look, here are the comps from your town. Here's the last four or five sales. They've all been about this number. This is why we should go a little higher or why we should go a little lower you need that expertise on your side. Nobody better than Brian Curry. Absolutely. Once you get that home, you're going to need that person to take care of that front lawn. Don't forget about Barkley Landscape. Ryan Barkley's your guy. Him and his dad, Scott, have been doing this business for more than 35 years. Are you tired of coming home and looking at your yard every day and not liking the way it looks, looking at your neighbor across the street and saying, why doesn't my yard look like that? You call the guys over at Barkley Landscape. They'll do a great job for you. You talk about the spring coming up and the new flowers, new bushes you want to put in the front and backyard. Also, don't forget about the brand new lawn to make sure it looks great the entire summer. Call Ryan at 619-669-8000. 619-669-8000. But I tell you what, we're getting ready to do the show. Dave ran in the house, answered some mail. I walked right out in his front yard barefoot to take a piss out there. I got to tell you, that's as nice a grass. I felt like all the guys that walked around Pebble Beach today. That was awesome. And I appreciate you doing the pop-up slides on the brand new grass, too. That was awesome, too. Thanks, motherfucker. Hey! Jeez. God damn. Jesus. Why are you so angry? Spring training's for the pros, not for you. What's the deal? Oh, damn it. Take it easy, Tim Raines. Pull the hammy. Uh, yeah, you need that yard to look good. Look, here's the other thing too. We've had the rain come in and everything dries out. We, we just can't get any consistency with the weather, which makes you crazy. So they still say, although they've kind of backed off of the drought talk, (coughs) they still say it's going to be a very dry, hot summer. That's why I think a call to Ryan Barkley is so, so important because right now, It's a little bit of false confidence where we feel like, ah, we've got plenty of rain. Everything's going to stay green. We're going to be good. You may be fine, but have Ryan and his team come out, take a look, take the necessary steps so that if things do dry out, you're ready and you don't have to run up that huge water bill. Absolutely. I also want to mention the guys who do our website. That's one guy. That's Kyle Pfluger. He does a fantastic job for us. The Dave and Jeff website, it looks fantastic. He's doing other things for us and for our listeners. He can do great work for you as well. 619-500-6621. 619-500-6621. Fantastic. Uh, I mentioned it this week. 
on social media. Pretty exciting when you come home and there is a huge box with all the legal documents that has approved Jake's projects as a licensed nonprofit. We are good. We are ready to go. We have the approval for our 5013C. And one of the great things about that is now we can put together jakesprojects.org, which we own, and we will move forward on that. But so many friends, I'm having actually uh, dinner tomorrow, Dave, with the guy. That means our next show will be Tuesday night with Katie Temple and a mutual friend talking about just stuff like that, new websites. How do you make everything user-friendly, yeah. consumer-friendly? Boy, I, I would say... Look at your website and then take a look at your main competition. And if you're a small bookstore, what is Barnes & Noble doing? What are they doing? Uh, and take a look at your website. And if it is not blowing the competition out of the water, then I would strongly recommend making a call to Kyle Fluger. Absolutely. Again, we say this all the time. We appreciate the people that support this show because they're family to us. And they do great things. Uh, some heavy hearts over at TaylorMade Pools today. I want to mention the great job that Alan Taylor does, though. He does a fantastic job at the pools. You've heard the commercials for over a year now. 619-449-4452. 619-449-4452. Again, 20 years in the business. He will take care of you as far as your pool goes, as far as fixing or creating a brand new one. But uh, Alan Taylor and, of course, Amy. Mm -hmm. Amy lost her debt, and we feel terrible for Amy, and we know they're going through a hard time right now, and we're thinking about that family as – she uh, traveled all the way back to Alabama to be with his dad. She was part of our August 1st Dave and Jeff party, bought uh, the J Jalen Hurts football yeah. for her dad, who was a huge Alabama football fan, and unfortunately her dad passed away. You know, they're such, uh, such good people. And look, they all we said was come down and be part of the event. Alan and Amy brought the TaylorMade pool shirts for everybody that had been so much fun. Uh, Dave, last night I was—I mentioned I was up in Carlsbad, uh, wearing my tailor-made pool long-sleeve shirt proudly. Yeah, I'm in a place, a girl said, "Hey, is your last name Taylor?" Because her last name is. I said, "No, but I know good people who they are." And Dave mentioned it. Uh, Alan and Amy jumped right in. Anything we have needed when we had the listener party here, Amy brought two lasagnas down. Man, they are absolutely family to us. And I just texted her today. I said, look, uh, we're going to mention it tonight on the show. You know me and Dave love you like like family. But this audience, everybody who's had the chance to meet Al, meet Amy, you guys know why we connected, right? Yep. I mean, they're just they're good, good people. And, yeah, un unfortunately, uh, while 2019 has calmed down a little bit for the guys in the garage, the people in the inner circle, it's it's been a little tough. Amy, we're thinking about you. We love you very much. And uh, and we're sorry for your loss. Like I said to her, it sounds like your dad was a heck of a guy. And uh, I bet he got a huge kick out of Alan, yeah. right? They're just, the, Alan and Amy are just good, good people. So, yeah, we'll tell you all day long about TaylorMade Pool, but today it's about the people and, uh, and our heart breaks for them. There we go. All right, before we get on it here, has anything jumped into your mind this about something that you dislike that everyone around you seems to like? Um. Oh, yeah, let's see. <laughs> <laughs> what do you have one i i do you know it, it's funny is because i said to you last week that the big lebowski oh yeah was one that i disliked and people lost their shit yeah people got really mad that I, that i said that cussing me out and oh, yelling f words I mean, yeah i know it's never needed You've but people seem year. to do it all the time you lost your dad last yeah. year but yeah, hey I did. that's real classy <laughs> oh i'll tell you one bob dylan 
Yeah, fuck Bob Dylan. Fuck Bob Dylan. Fuck the dead. All this shit. It's so overrated. Alright. I mean, they seem like nice enough guys. Yes. I, I don't I don't hate the dead. I don't hate Dylan. Let's get it really clear. I don't hate them, but I don't whisper. Don't get it. I don't whisper their fucking name. Like, you know, ah, oh, the dead. <laughs> Calm down. Right? Like, like I'm the Weezer. Yeah. I don't get any of this shit. I don't get fish. I don't get fish. That's funny. That's the one I was going to throw at you was fish. <laughs> right. Fish sucks. I know a guy, hey. man, tells me nonstop, oh, you got to listen to fish. Let me tell no. you something. I tried to listen to fish for about 20 minutes the other day. It yeah. Terrible. Terrible. Um, fish. Yeah. Fuck fish. Now, look, if you want to go Dylan as a songwriter. Yeah, I know. I've heard that a million times. I, Fine. I get that. I get that as a songwriter. You go, uh, okay. Yeah. But I, Dylan is a singer, and I'm a Minnesota kid. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. Same thing. But the dead, like the dead all seem like, I, I can't think of anything worse than being drugged to a dead concert. Yeah. And you having Bill a- Walton? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Save it for the air, Dave. Save it for the year. <laughs> Bill Walton, you cannot talk to Bill. Before the show, that makes me yeah. crazy. Yeah. Like, I've done this a long time. I'm capable of asking you a follow-up question. Relax. Save it for the year, Dave. <laughs> did, you, did you see Bill Walton yesterday eat that cupcake with the lit candle on it? <laughs> no. What, what happened? Dude, he dude? looked stoned out of his mind, dude. And he might have been, but holy cow. Was he with Dave Pash? Yeah, and he goes, I dare you to eat, to eat that candle while it's lit. And sure enough, he stuck the whole thing in his mouth. And he goes, I was joking. You couldn't believe it. He looked like he was high as a kite. It was crazy. Uh, it was crazy. I'll throw one at you because I know you'll disagree with me on this one. People okay, lose their mind. It. It's Raging Bull. I'm not a Raging Bull fan. Oh, guy. you're dumb. I know, well, you don't I like fights. You don't That's like combat sports. I, what are you talking about? Favorite movie of all time is you Rocky Three. Mistake scene Dude, so fucking great. Let me tell you, his first wife disappears in that movie so fucking fast. Yeah. What happened? No, look. Explain it to me, because I've seen the movie at least ten times. Yeah, fight movies are not always that good. Oh, I got. I'm going to give you a great underrated. Okay, go ahead. But let me finish on that. But look, what you have to look at in in old school De Niro. Yeah. Like De Niro in Heat. Yes. Like that fucking movie is so good, right? De Niro was on such a run. With Goodfellas and Heat and all those movies where you're just like, God damn, it's so good. But Dave, old school, like he he absolutely nailed La Mata. Like I agree with that. I do it. agree with that. Yeah, nailed it. And it's just from like a fight movie for that time. Oh man, it's it's pretty incredible. I'm gonna give you an underrated. Go ahead. So last night I start watching uh with my son Cade. We watched the Buddy Holly story. Okay. Okay. Buddy Holly story is on. Let me tell you something. Gary Busey playing guitar and singing is spot fucking on his Buddy Holly. He is great. Probably his best role ever. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's a fucking maniac. Sure is. But I'll tell you the guy who who killed it in this movie. And the only guy who will appreciate this uh, is Billy and Pete and Point Loma. But they know I'm right. The guy who fucking kills it in that movie is Don Stroud. Don Stroud was a world-class surfer in Hawaii. Black belt. Came over to L.A., worked in a couple of movies in L.A., and then 
basically was a drummer, and Don Stroud plays the drummer in the Buddy Holly story yeah. and plays the fucking drums in that movie. He is so fucking great in that movie. Like, one of these guys, Dave, if you looked him up, character actor, but him and Busey together, fuck, that movie's great. And then the third guy is uh, Toad from American Graffiti, Charles Martin Smith. And there's a scene. Is he the guy that knocks out his tooth? Who's the one that knocks out his tooth? In American Graffiti? No, in Buddy Holly. One of them knocks out his tooth and gets all pissed at the band, at the crickets. Oh, fuck. Remember they bump, he bumps his head right before he's going on the on the television show? Oh, might have been. Yeah, and he bumps his head and all of a sudden knocks out his tooth. He has to put a chiclet in his mouth. Remember to fuck. sing? Fuck. Uh, I don't know that we got that far. <laughs> I mean, I, I know how the story ends. Yeah. Oh, you son of a bitch. Dirty you son, dog. You know, my mom saw them like three days. My mom was in high school. Yeah. And saw them like three days before that plane crash. Saw them in Minneapolis. And then they went down to Iowa and they left from Iowa. They were on that whole tour. And she's like, yeah, two nights or yeah. like really quick. But wow. Um, dude, that movie is so fucking. Who was she a fan of the most? Who was her, who was her favorite? Buddy Holly. She was a Buddy Holly guy. Yeah. But I mean, Big Bopper, Richie Valens. Big Bopper got annoying after a while. Yeah. Had the same fucking one line every city he went to. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's it. Shit. Big Bopper probably pulled a few Iowa yeah, chicks. No so kidding. come on. Let's probably not fucking did. hide it. Let's not fucking. You know who he would have taken down? Vera. <laughs> one time. But uh, goddamn, Dave. I saw that movie. Last night was like the first time I've watched that movie in like 15 years. Yeah. Now you got me thinking about it because we were watching it. It's it's great. Oh, it's a great movie. But but Don Stroud playing the drums, Gary Busey's playing guitar, but there's a scene at the front where they go to Nashville and they're trying to slow it down. And then Gary Busey, uh, Buddy Holly throws the punch at the record producer. And yeah. then Charles Martin Smith jumps in the front like he's going to do anything. You're not going to do anything. <laughs> you aren't going to do shit. <laughs> I said to Leonard Ellerby today on Twitter, I said, hey, we're building your fan club. Now, now, this was such a balls move by Leonard Ellerby. Floyd Mayweather's manager. Yeah. Uh, who we always say, if you watch the end of the interview between Floyd Mayweather and Larry Merchant, where Larry Merchant says, if I was 50 years younger, I'd kick your ass. To which Leonard, with a sweet pair of aviators, said, you wouldn't do nothing. <laughs> which is like one of my favorite lines ever. Yeah. Leonard Ellerby's so cool. Like everything, he is just, he's Billy D. Williams cool, right? Yeah. He's just, he's the man. I love him. This fucking guy topped the coolest move of all times today. He sent me the thumbs up, but it wasn't the white thumbs up emoji. Yeah. He had the black thumbs yeah. up. And I go, that now this fucking guy, yeah. I can't hang with Leonard No, Ellerby. you cannot. I go, that is how you do it. And I got it on Twitter. Yeah. I said, I'm building your fan club because we love you down yeah. here. Based on the one line. and Now, I don't think you and I can't even find that emoji. Yeah, you can. It's on your phone. Are you sure? 100%. 100% yeah, I coach baseball with the guy that gives me that same thumb all the time. Well, it meant a lot to me. Yeah, I think you should use it this entire month. I, I would not do that. <laughs> I know you would not do that. I do not recommend doing that. Please, do not do that. <laughs> I would not Talking do that. Talking to everybody out there, do not do that unless you want to get punched in the face. But Leonard Ellerby sending yes. it to me meant, me, that meant is a lot cool. to me. To that me. is cool. So Don Stroud's my underrated. Um, uh, Dead and Bob Dylan are my overrated. I heard Adele today confirmed, yeah, yeah I'm not a fan. Still not a fan. Oh, I'll give you one underrated, Dave. Country music. 
Uh, fuck Chris Stapleton. Really? I thought he wrote Tennessee Whiskey. Oh, no, no, no. And all these guys, the old songs. They're all remakes, yes, huh? That's a remake. Yeah. He did a, All right. Well, he did a cool version because okay. I heard the original yeah. today and his was better. You know, I'm kind of, I don't, I don't listen to a lot of country music, so I don't know a lot. Um, my kids, I like Brett Young. Yep. He's good. But uh, I'm coming around. I didn't know a lot about Jason Aldean. But okay. it feels like more I hear from Aldean, I kind of like. There you go. Now, will Woods like him? No, he will not. Woods likes to be that guy. You know the, you know the music that you don't put on the radio because you're too cool? Oh, yeah. He's that fucking guy. He's that edgy guy? Yeah. Sitting in the back of the room. Yeah. Having a cigarette. Yeah. Hoping somebody thinks, God, yeah. that guy's edgy when yeah. everybody's like, what's the dishwasher yeah. doing out here drinking Wood, at the bar? Which is that guy that when you try and talk to him and he says, don't talk to me when I'm when I'm killing a heater. And you're like, fuck off. <laughs> That's one of my favorite lines. You ever see that one where Sean Casey talks about Jim Leland? <laughs> where he has to tell Leland something and he's like, "Don't everyone's saying, don't bother Leland, dude. He's smoking. And he goes, yeah, but the guy that's supposed to go in for me just got hurt. And he goes, Jim. He goes, so-and-so got hurt. He goes, well, go back in the fucking game. And then he pulls him aside after the game in the clubhouse, and he says, let me tell you something, Casey. Don't ever talk to me when I'm crushing a heater. <laughs> that's Woods. No, that's Woods. You know Woods will pull that bullshit. <laughs> Exactly who he is. Thinking he's all tough. He is. Drinking at the Tower yeah. Bar. I like, you know, that bar at like 60th and Uni? Yeah. The Tower. He's just sitting in there at the end, hoping somebody fucking mistakes him. <laughs> who are they hoping he is? Who the fuck do they hope he is? Sam Elliott. <laughs> he's not Sam Elliott. He's Tim Elliott. <laughs> all right. We're back on Tuesday, right? We'll see you then. All right. Times are strange, here I come but I ain't the same Mama, I'm coming home Times gone by, it seems to be You could have been a better friend to me Mama, I'm coming home You took me in and you drove me out, yeah Right, I could be wrong It hurts so bad It's been so